You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Well, ladies, I have been, and I kind of am embarrassed to say it, but I have been kind of gripped by this Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial, even though I know it's very trivial compared to many other things going on in the world. But it does seem pretty crazy that people we have between the soaring inflation and, you know, the pandemic and all of this abortion stuff going on in the world, it's, you know, people are just interested in this Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. And I have found it, the thing to me that's been so interesting about it, and I understand that I don't think either one of them are great, uh, you know, neither one of them is, is what you would call a role model, let's put it that way. However, and, and they had this ridiculously crazy and very unhappy and sick relationship, but, you know, I just cannot understand how she is talking so much about all the fights they had and all of the, um, you know, the domestic violence that was going on and how many times he hit her and the things that he was doing to her, which are just so disgusting. And it seems that, and of course he has not been proven guilty yet of, you know, or anything like that. And I get that, but I just cannot believe like on social media, how people have taken his side of the thing. And even if a smidgen of it is true of what she's talking about, where are all the feminists that, that were screaming, you know, believe all women when we were talking about Brett Kavanaugh or, you know, any of these other people, even the, the women who came out against Harvey Weinstein, who, who continued to have a relationship with him, even though they were accusing him of terrible assault, sexual assault, you know, but still had relationships with him. Anyhow, everybody came out against him. And, um, you know, it's, I find it very hard to believe that there's no feminists that are speaking up for oh, women. Boy. I agree what? with you. <laughs> yeah. I, the, so the, the trial is, is really interesting. I have to say that I normally wouldn't watch that stuff, but it, it, it really is very interesting. And I feel this is my personal opinion. I feel like she's, she's doing a great, but not great acting job. I, there's nothing in Johnny Depp's history that says that he's been violent against any woman and women that have been with him for a lot of years, his past uh, girlfriend, he was with for a very long time said he's, he's, he's never violent. He's very drunk. That being said, you know, there, there are always those people that can push your buttons so hard that, that you will lash out. But I don't believe her. I don't believe much of anything that she says. And the, some of the things that she says, and, and it would probably be way too graphic to say on radio, but some of the things that she says that he did and the results of those would pretty much be physically impossible. So it makes it, she's like taking the lie so far and so dramatic because she's an actress. I, I don't believe her. I believe that I hope that Johnny Depp wins this. I think that they had a completely dysfunctional relationship for sure. But I think that woman 
is a psycho. And I just, I find that to be, you know, really uh, scary and men should stay far away from her because all women don't tell the truth and all women are not the angels that they make us out to be. I'm sorry to say they're just not They're Women can be devious and deceptive. They can be psychopaths. They can be everything that we all like to say that men can be, women can be. And I think that this woman has serious issues. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, and I'm coming from a point of actually serving on a commission, a mayor's commission against domestic violence uh, when I was in Anderson, Indiana, and being a part of the national coalition of uh, against domestic violence for years um, in Indiana, but also being the mother of two sons and, and recognizing that, listen, you know, uh, you, you were saying, you know, where are all the feminists? Where are they? Women are not always right. And women are not always honest. And everything that comes out of their mouth didn't come out of a prayer book. And, it, you know, and I'm looking at this case, I'm watching these people and I'm saying, okay, this is going to make great for another TV series, a TV show. They are actors. Um, but the other thing from a court's point of view is this, how many other courtrooms have the exact case going on similar, but different, and they're not getting any news press with it. They're not getting, you know, constant um, reviews on what's happening in the courtroom. It's, it's a big show. I hate that they um, encountered one another. I hate that there has been domestic violence, but narcissism, misogynistic behavior, all of those things are not limited to men. Women can be just as mean and surly and calculating and, and then come out and play the role of, um, oh my goodness, he hurt me. He did this, he did that. Because in times past, for many, many years, centuries, decades, it's always been the man that was punished, but women can be vicious. I, I think that's true, Misha, but I also have a hard time believing that he's not at all guilty. I mean, I do think that I understand. And I think she is, you know, she is definitely no angel and she is totally playing the victim here, but, but I can, and I, I do think that she, and I even think that she egged him on probably, mm -hmm. you know, in a lot of those fights, I, I definitely think that. I cannot believe that they went through that really um, dysfunctional and volatile marriage and with the drugs and the alcohol that, you know, that he was doing, I can't believe that he, that there's not even a bit of it. That's true. I just, Oh I, my goodness. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't think that either. I mean, listen, if you kick a dog enough times, that dog's going to bite you back, you know, but at the end of the day, um, I don't think that either one of them, is innocent. But I do, for me, my whole thing is there's so many other things that are going on in the world. There are so many other things that are happening. Why is this case in particularly having so much press and so much internet and so much, and, and why are people so in, enthroned and enthralled with it? Like because I said, it takes I, them away from their everyday problems. It's salacious, exactly. right? I mean, it, exactly. It, it's a, it's an escape and it's somebody else's problem. We love that. We don't like our own problems, but we love somebody <laughs> else's problems. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. but this, this woman to me and, and, you know, Misha, you have a, you have a history 
with, with, with working with people in some of these yes. instances. I also have a history in the police department. I had worked with women, women that were truly abused. This is not one of them. I'm sorry to say it's not one of them. Um, I, I absolutely, in my heart, I believe she's the abuser. And I agree with the analogy that if you kick a dog enough times, you know, they're, they're going to bite you back. But Johnny Depp, in, in his history, and I'm not saying he's he's totally innocent. He made a huge mistake in marrying her. His words were very prophetic when before he married her that he met this woman who's going to marry her. She could be the death of him. That's what he said. And he's wow. right because because he knew that there was something about her, but he was he was drawn to it, you know, uh, kind of like he is to his drugs and alcohol. And he, he seems to be drawn to things that are not good good for him, but. I, I, I just, I think that, you know, if there was one little piece in the trial that probably has gone by the wayside for a lot of people where, where she was recorded admitting that she hit him, his, his voice on there, his words were the, like, like I, like he didn't say the, these words. This, this is the impression. Like, I can't believe that you actually hit me. You know, it was, he was, he was surprised. She never said in those, in, in her words that he hit her. Um, she was excusing herself for hitting him. And he was shocked that she had actually used physical violence. I, I don't know what it came to after that, because it seems like, you know, they, they, they would fight and they get back together. I don't, I don't know if I believe that they had as many fights as what as they're saying in court. I, I think she's totally exaggerating this whole thing, but the performance with the crying, Oh my gosh, uh, hmm. the, the, the words, the lies that can come out of her mouth um, about, about some of the things that happen. And you, you think as a woman, if, if we all as women actually have a brain, we can say, well, wait a minute, if he did that, that couldn't be the result. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's, I just find it really disturbing that somebody can so easily lie to hurt somebody else and, and just do it with such, such ease and such, um, such vigor is, I just find that really disturbing. Well, it's because, I mean, that, isn't that mental? I mean, when, when you get to a place to where you tell so many lies that you believe your own lies. Yeah. So I went through domestic violence and I went through being in a relationship with someone who was abusive and I stayed far too long. And it wasn't until I began to reach out to get help that I realized that I was dealing with a lot of things, one of them being Stockholm syndrome of feeling like I was justifying the behavior, justifying what was going on and feeling like I was in some way worthy of that until I continued to go through counseling and recognize, no, this is not an okay behavior. This is not all right. That's why the terminologies, narcissism, misogynistic, all of those things for me are understandable. It's another reason why I became a part of the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. 
was to gain a greater knowledge and understanding of what this was and why it was so hidden in some cases, but then in others acceptable. But do you think, Misha, that, and I don't, I'm not saying that she's not lying. I do think that she's lying 100%. But do you think that she was not abused at all by Johnny Depp? Uh, You know, here's what I believe. I believe that um, they may have very well started out their relationship and they may have, it may have been just jesting, fighting, picking, I don't know, um, you know, kind of horseplay, pillow play, whatever. And she didn't read it as that. She didn't see it as that. But those things graduate. They, they get bigger. It's like a, a snow, snowflake, snowball effect. It gets bigger. It, it gets worse. And then when it gets to a place to where it gets bigger and it gets worse, whether the man is being abused or the woman is being abused, you're embarrassed to say that you're being abused. I think the men are embarrassed for sure. And, you know, like you said, Misha, where you went to get help finally, men don't do that. And I think that was Johnny Depp's problem. I think he was so in shock that things had gone downhill so fast. And I'm not saying he's totally innocent here. Um, His drinking and drugs alone, even if he did know physical abuse, is an abuse of a sort to somebody. Because you, you put yourself in a different world at those moments and you take yourself out of the world that you're in with the person you're with. I, I, that, that to me is unacceptable. And so many of these actors and actresses are absolute train wrecks. You know, I, I don't know why we admire them for anything because their lives are absolute train wrecks. And I sometimes think that when you get so much fame and so much money, there's nothing in life to interest you anymore. You know, I mean, I'm happy, really happy with very small things in life. I love going out on my property in the evening and looking at, I I have a new flower that just bloomed or, you know, something very simple. They they aren't happy with simple things. Everything is over the top. I would hate to live that way. That's got to be very exhausting. (laughs) There's no boundaries. I mean, you know, not to go too far into this, but look at Will Smith, no boundaries, live TV, He's put in his mind that he's going to go and he's going to slap somebody in the face and did not expect anything or did not even consider or think about the repercussions of that because this whole acting, this whole, it's a whole different level of boundary for them. So they think until it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, you're an actor, but, or an actress, but you definitely someone who is um, going to be held accountable for your actions. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I think also just the fact that these people are famous and they're actors and they've been romanticized, you know, of course that draws the attention more than any other case. Um, but I do think that the, the people like this and like Will Smith or, you know, they get to a certain level and the rules don't apply to them. You know, they've got people who are catering to them left and right. You know, people cannot do enough for them. They, I think they lose touch with reality. And so to them, this is not, this is kind of normal behavior because they don't really live in the normal world. So while the rest of us are looking at this like, oh my God, what are these people thinking? They have more money than you could possibly imagine. And yet, you know, they're still taking themselves down. It's so sad. 
That's right. Money only makes you more of who you already are. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years. Brush, floss, repeat. We're told to use fluoride, which doesn't really address the acid-creating bacteria. That is where the dentist-recommended Spry Dental Defense System shines. Spry products contain xylitol, a natural sugar, which helps get rid of those nasty, smelly, acid-creating bacteria in our mouth. The best way to care for your teeth and gums is by using Spry. The Spry Dental Defense System has a wide variety of products, toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and chewing gums that are designed to work together to keep your teeth clean and mouth healthy and smelling sweet all day long. To get your oral care back on track in an easy, effective, and very tasty way, switch to Spry today. Ask your dentist about Xylitol and the Spry products. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural product retailers. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. You've been in that situation. The person next to you is sniffling or worse yet, <coughs> coughing. Flu, cold, and coronaviruses are everywhere. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to reduce these threats with an invisible mask as an additional layer of protection? Sold by hundreds of pharmacists and medical doctors, our American-made povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray, Cofix RX, lasts for hours deactivating viruses and germs while protecting you from airborne pathogens that make us sick. America Out Loud listeners get 20% off. Use Cofix RX while in large groups, while traveling, or for any other type of high-risk situation as an additional layer of protection to help reduce your likelihood of catching a cold, the flu, or SARS-CoV-2 viruses. Right now, America Out Loud listeners get 20% off of all orders. Click our banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. Welcome back to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. I'd like to introduce our host today. Today we have Alisa Akron-Gold. Alisa hails from Connecticut. She is a wife and a mom of four children. And in her past life, she was a TV producer for shows such as 2020 and Good Morning America Sunday. Uh, today, in her current life, she is a weight loss coach and she has done wonders for my husband and I. She has helped us lose about 70 pounds between us and uh, we love her for that. She, she does a phenomenal job. So welcome, Elisa. And we have uh, Michelle Woodruff Cooper, who better known as Apostle Misha. She is a missionary, a pastor, a mother of two decorated soldiers living and working in Williamsburg, Virginia. Uh, beautiful, beautiful area. So welcome, Misha. And I'm Linda Martinelli. I'm a mom. I am a wife. 
and a business owner. I also am the host, along with my husband, Dr. Ron Martinelli, of Talking While Married right here on America Out Loud every weeknight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please join us there. So we've had some tragic events in our country in the last uh, short time. We've had some mass shootings. We've had several at the same time. And one of them that we want to talk about today is the, um, the young man in Buffalo, New York, who drove 100 miles to come down and commit a hate crime against people of color. Linda, this is just the saddest, most tragic thing to watch. I mean, how do you take a gun and walk into a supermarket and kill an 86-year-old woman? It's, it's just, you know, you could just there's nothing to say. There's no words at how, how broken we all feel over this. But what, what I can't believe is how he was able to buy the rifle that he used after cops had ordered a mental health evaluation on him because he had threatened to carry out a shooting earlier. So it wasn't like they didn't have signs on, on this guy. Um, And the other thing I saw that I, I was really, you know, that stuck out to me, I should say, is that he came from a, what seems like a very nice family, a very wholesome family. You know, his parents are both college educated engineers. He's got siblings who are, you know, high achieving kids. It just seems crazy that they didn't see this coming. And, you know, how, how, how did that happen? How did this happen? I don't know. The whole hate crime um, aspect of this is so tragic and so awful. I'm, I'm heartbroken over it. I'm always so surprised when I hear um, comments that say, that talk about the family and the parents, et cetera, because I think about the this, this show that we initially did on character, not being character versus color. Um, here's the deal. You know, we can come from the absolute best families. Do you all, I'm sure you do. You remember Patty Hearst. Um, You have, people have decisions and they have choices and they have in their own hearts and minds um, what they want to do. Um, And this young man made a decision and followed that decision out. And he he has hate in his heart and you know, I, I really believe that he probably hated himself even before he began to hate anybody of any other color or age or people group, because that's where it starts. Hate is hate. It's not a color. It's hate. You, you have deep down inside of you a want and a will to have someone else feel the pain that you feel concerning yourself. And he made a decision and a choice. And I'm not surprised. I'm hurt. I grieve. I really grieve for every family member that has lost a family member through this, not just through this, but through any other hate crime, any other crime, shooting, stabbing. I still get stuck sometimes thinking about all of those beautiful little children that were killed in that school or 9-11 in all these different places. I can't wrap my brain around why anybody would decide that hurting someone else because they themselves are hurting 
is justifiable. Boy, that's, oh gosh, I can't agree with you more there, Misha. You know, I cannot imagine having my husband or one of my kids go to the store and never come home. I just can't even imagine the pain that that would cause. What an upheaval in people's life that is. But I also want to bring up that two things about this. First, where was the FBI on this? Because this guy put it out on social media. He put Mm -hmm. his hate out. He said that he was going to do something like this. He was investigated before for threats that he made and he had to go. He was referred to a psychologist. He went and he talked to the psychologist and they cleared him. What, (laughs) What is happening with these psychologists that they're clearing people like this? This guy has a history of saying things. He has a history on social media. Did nobody report it? Did nobody say a word? You know, if I go on Facebook or Twitter and I say, or or TikTok or YouTube or you name it, and I say that COVID came from China, I will get censored. Where are all of these censors on somebody like this? How do they just let this be posted and stand? And where are the people that are in our FBI? They're supposed to be every day looking for these kinds of people to stop this. And what happened to that psychologist that that released this guy and said he was fine, which therefore made nothing pop up when he went to buy those guns? Because had they done their job, then when he went to buy those guns, there would have been a red flag that said, this guy cannot buy the guns. And, and what, why does our system keep failing us? And where was this guy's friends and parents in this whole equation? And that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I, I was thinking the other day, first of all, I'm thinking about, and I say again, my heartfelt condolences to absolutely every family member, not just the family members, but everybody who watched. I, ha- I have refused to watch it to my understanding there's an airing out there where you can who have watched this the the impact of this the post-traumatic stress that will come with this the pain the hurt but then I thought oh my goodness to be the mother of someone like this in this day and time who you have reared and trained and taught and there she they have this picture of her she has a cross around her neck. And I'm thinking, Lord, have mercy. The father, but but I think just from a mother's point of view, the heartbreak and the pain, you know, not shame or embarrassment, but just the heartbreak and pain of my child, someone that I birthed, someone that I taught, did this to people. Um, and people always will, will say that the people that were murdered were the victims. They have been victimized, but I believe that they'll be martyrs. But he is the true victim because he has a heart full of dark, deep, demonic hate. Young man, where did that come from and why was it allowed to gestate? And why didn't someone do better? Just like you said, Linda, you know, I'm on Facebook in the mornings with a Facebook Live. And if I say a song or start to sing a song, and if I don't say I don't own the rights to this song, they'll stop my stop my Facebook. 
So why did they allow this to continue? I can't understand that either. It's, it's, I think there's a lot of answers that we don't have yet and how this sort of this thing slipped through the cracks like this. Um, but I, I can't even, I can't agree with you more, Misha. I, the depths of pain that, that, that woman has got to feel right now, knowing that her son went out and did this is just, it's, it's beyond comprehension, but I, I got to say, I, I think that the guy should just get the death penalty. And I know he's 18 years old and I think, and I know that, you know, okay, they're going to, because he's 18, maybe they'll put him behind bars and they'll just, you know, keep him locked up for the rest of his life or whatever. But what, what's the point of that? I mean, you know, he, he does not deserve, he doesn't even deserve that. I mean, that was just the hate that has to ooze from somebody's pores to do something like that, to actually pick up and premeditate and plan out a murder like this is just beyond belief. But, you know, it doesn't negate also, what about that little 11 year old girl that was shot in New York the other day? You know, she, she, she came out, you know, she's standing in the street and a moped drives by and shoots her in the stomach and she stumbles into the uh. mail and dies. I mean, what about her? You know, why oh is God. it? We don't talk about that. Like, you know, there's so much of this going on. You know, the people that are getting shot and killed in Chicago every single weekend, the, the shootings that are happening every single day in New York that nobody talks about. And it's it's really upsetting. I, what, well, here, here's the thing for me. I am a pastor. I am a missionary. I am a motivational speaker. I work in sales here in Williamsburg. But the biggest thing that I thank my heavenly father for is that I am an intercessor, a woman who prays. And I still believe deep down in my soul that a lot of this has happened because we took prayer out of the schools. We took prayer away from so many things. We pulled up and we pulled out and we put ourselves in a position to deal with demons and devils and all of the things that are out here. And we have taken God out of his rightful place. And we are seeing, we're seeing what happens with that. You know, I, I remember going to school. I don't know how old everybody else is, but I remember going to school, saying the uh, Pledge of Allegiance, saying the Lord's Prayer and saying the Ten Commandments. <laughs> we are in a dangerous place we, we all are. over this world. But it's not just, it, I agree with you totally. I'm mean, When they took prayer out of school, that was a horrible thing. But even worse now with, with these uh, progressive prosecutors not giving bail, not keeping people in jail, they're just out free to do it again and again. And the people whose responsibility it is, and by the way, it is our federal government's first responsibility to protect a citizen. I have to ask again, where was the FBI and not seeing this guy's posts? They, they have the tools to do it. So why, why didn't they do it? And you, know, you, have, you have to go back to all the people who failed us in each one of these situations. The, the, the prosecutors, the district attorneys, are failing us completely. I'm sorry, the, the, the prosecutors, the defense, the, the district attorneys, the judges are failing us completely by uh, having no bail, low bail, uh, by 
letting these people back out on the street to re-victimize us again and again. And then you have the media who, you know, they've made a big deal about this as they should. And the call from Congress is right away, the Biden administration, take away people's guns. That's not the answer. The answer Mm -mm. is is to lock these people up so that they cannot re-victimize us. The answer for this young man was for someone in his life or on social media to pay attention, to report him, to report his posts. Somebody, everybody sat by and did nothing. And that, that is the problem. And then you have the progressive uh, left who is continually releasing people from jail or having no bail. And you see these people reoffend over and over and over. It, this is unfair to us. With the media, though, the system they, has never been the system has never been been a system that worked. And, and a no, lot but of it worked people, better, Misha. It you've work already better said than it works now. That he was identified as mentally ill. Yes. They're going to let him out on that. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to let him out. But but again, we we destroyed our mental health system in this country, and we've talked about it many times on this very show that that that's a big problem because people have nowhere to go get help and actually receive help. But the media making this out to be a white supremacist situation and then virtually ignoring the, the shooting in the New York subway with Frank James, because he was a man of color. We, we need to treat everybody equally They're They are the same kind of crime. They're hate crimes either way. And, yes. and trying to make something about guns or make something about race is completely wrong. And, and I'm really tired of that take on things. I, I, a shooting is a shooting and it's wrong no matter what. They're not going to well, take a my shooting is a shooting and, and that the character, it goes back to that character. Sure. I'm telling you, I don't sure care what color you are, that that character, if you have in your heart hate and you have a self hate, then your self hate will, you will hurt anybody. Let's talk about the people who kill their own family members. Whatever color, they'll kill their mama, the daddy, their sister, the brothers, their own children. It's inward. It's an inner hate. Somebody knows along the way in their life. Alisa, don't you agree? Somebody would know and somebody has to be able to speak up. And then when they speak up, there has to be able to be help somewhere. Well, that's what I don't understand. You know, it wasn't like there were no signs from this guy. It's not like this came out of nowhere. So there were signs at school. There were signs through the police. There were signs through his, his, you know, his mental health experts, his doctors, uh, psychologists, and so forth. And I can't imagine how his parents had no idea that something was going on. But, you know, to me, the, the, the signs are the signs. And what, to me, the biggest threat, though, to all of this crime is right now, I see as these bail laws also, and these progressive um, attorneys who are not enforcing any of that. I mean, time and time again in New York, I can speak for, 
it just seems like every one of these shootings that is going on here has is being committed by somebody who was recently let out or who has a long rap sheet or who has been on the radar. It's not like these are people who are just coming out of the woodwork and starting to commit crimes. This is, mm. they have a history of this and it's really disturbing. And I'm at the point, like I live 45 minutes from New York City. I want to take, I want to go to the city on the weekends and walk around or go to a museum or something like that. I am deathly afraid to go to the city and I don't want to be full of hyperbole or anything like that. But, you know, it is happening in every single neighborhood in New York City. And it's very scary. How the spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America out loud. Now we invite you friends to invest some of your time with our magnificent family of experts, their minds and voices. It's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. Let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. And I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. I can tell you, one of the greatest pathophysiologic drivers for tiredness and fatigue during the day is poor quality sleep at night. People always focus on how long they slept, but they never think about the quality. And to improve the quality, there's a terrific product. That's the Healthy Cell REM Sleep Supplement. And what I tell friends and family and patients is take it every night consistently. Uh, it comes in a continue, like a, a convenient bioabsorbable gel pack. Uh, take it right before you go to bed. Take the gel pack, brush your teeth, go to bed its effects are nearly instantaneous and patients get a well-rested sleep continuously day after day week after week month after month and then that daytime tiredness and fatigue melts away when there's a greater restful sleep the night before so give it a try go to uh, healthycell.com and in the promotional code type in out loud for 20 percent off your order let's get real let's get loud on america out loud talk radio Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Thanks for listening. You can tune in to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at AmericaOutloud.com. With all of the travesty and trials and tumultuous things going on in this world, how do you or how do we maintain happiness? What keeps you balanced? I'm finding that I have to go back to 
places of remembrance within myself, looking at pictures or reading books or poems or singing songs or going back to places that just was very exciting. There's so much bad going on in the world. Um, we hear more bad news than we ever hear good news. But I do know this, happiness is a choice. It is a choice. So I choose every single day to find reasons to be happy and whole rather than to be depressed. How about you? I think for sure it is a choice. You know, I, I with everything going on in people's lives, their personal lives and the world at large, it's very easy to go to go down that hole of feeling so down and feeling awful. And I do think that you have to tell yourself that you are going to be happy and you are going to, you know, like you have to sort of deliberately make sure that you find that in your own life. I have personally found most recently, at least over the last several months, that I am much happier when I disconnect from social media. Um, that somehow brings on a stress that I, I can't even, I don't, I can't put it into words or why it is that way. But somehow when you go down that rabbit hole of social media and you start scrolling, I have to, I literally have to say, turn this off and walk away. I cannot go there. Um, and I found that that in of itself makes a big difference. Not that that's going to, you know, create happiness in my life or whatever, like something like that, something small, but it just something that relieves a little bit of that stress that you can sort of make space for your happiness to kind of come through. Definitely. I call it protecting my peace. <laughs> you remember that song? There was a song. I don't own the rights to the song. Um, don't worry, be happy. You know, it's just, we have to choose to be happy and, and choose joy and choose fine. I mean, we just have to find it. We have to fight for it almost in this day and time but we have to keep it. I think some people are, are tuning out to a lot of the, you know, the hatred that they're hearing on the television. But for me, I, I just find happiness in very, very simple things. Um, you know, one of, uh, not one of, I would say the happiest couple of moments of my day are when I crawl in bed at night with my husband and my dog and, you know, I feel like I have my little nuclear family there. And I, I, I'm, I really find peace in those moments. And rather than when I was a little bit younger, thinking that I'm finding happiness, uh, you know, going here or there. Now it's, it's much more inward. There, there's so much bombarding us all day, every day on the media, in, on social media, the news, uh, with work, with people. There's just so much input that I find so much pleasure in those uh, moments of quiet and peace. I, I love to read, so I find a lot of pleasure in that. Um, I love quiet dinners with, with my family. Uh, luckily for me, uh, three out of four of our kids live close by. I can see them as often as I want. Just, I mean, they're literally two minutes away. So those are things that, that I have found that that bring me peace now. I, I can't imagine at this point in my life living in the inner city. I was just up in Austin over the weekend 
and oh my gosh, it's so crowded and there's so much going on and it's, it's so much input into your brain. I don't know how you have time to even think about being happy because there's just so much going on. So, so pulling away either mentally or physically or both and, and finding some time to ourselves every day, I think is really, really important and, and worry about the things that we can affect in our life and not worry as much about the things that we can't affect in our life. You know, I always think I totally agree. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think also like, you know, about the, the rights that we are all granted, which is, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it's the pursuit of happiness that you have a right to, to, you have a right to, it's not actually being happy. Do you need to find a place in your life? I do think, again, I go back and say, it is a decision because being happy is kind of hard. You know, it's not so easy just to be happy. You know, you really have to, you have to make, that has to be part of your daily mantra to yourself, I feel like. And, you know, I tell my 16-year-old daughter who struggles with this a lot because, you know, in the world of 16-year-old girls, there's a lot of drama and a lot of turmoil (laughs) and a lot of stuff going on. And I try to tell her all the time, separate yourself and go and find your own path. You do not have to be in a rat race. You do not have to be on a roller coaster. You don't have to be on a merry-go-round. Get off of that and look for your own personal space and your own personal happiness and then pursue that. And I I think that that's kind of helped her a lot to know that it's okay not to be, you know, doing what everyone else thinks that you should be doing or, you know, what, what looks good or what, you know, whatever that, that, that whole thing is, but she has. I love that. I love that you're teaching her that and you're giving her permission to be herself and not, you know, that's something I'm so grateful that my dad gave to me was I can be in a circle of several different women, several different ages, several different backgrounds, but the happiest that I am is because I am me. I can appreciate them for who they are. Some of them may or may not appreciate me, but that's their issue. But for me, I'm happy. I like me. You have to like you, you know, and and it is a choice and it is something that you do for yourself. And that, yeah, definitely. Happiness is a choice. you, You have to like you. And I think that that's where, happiness comes from um, having a feeling of being settled in yourself and in your life and not always looking outwards. Um, that That is a thing that I think that people got a lot more when we were a more religious country. I grew up going to Catholic school and that, you know, we, we I lived at that time growing up with a foundation of having a relationship with God. And I don't see that so much today. And I feel like people aren't centered. Um, you know, I, I know it's a little bit off the subject of happiness, but I thought it was really interesting that I just, I just viewed a video about one of the people at Twitter, one of the, um, one of the top engineers talking about how they don't like Elon Musk buying Twitter because they're all very socialist and they have a communist mindset. This is his words. 
at Twitter. Hmm. And, and, and this guy is a capitalist. And he said, we're not capitalists. It's totally an un-American kind of mentality there. And now they're all worried about their jobs, which hopefully they should be. And I'm thinking, you know, that's, that's really sad to see our youth going in that direction where I have friends right now who are, who have um, adult kids who are so centered in life, who, who are doing amazing things with themselves. And, and I'm not talking about in tech and things. One of, one of them is uh, raising bucking bulls and uh, training them. And, and then he branched out into making a feed for, for um, cattle. And then he, you know, th- this guy's like 20 years old and he's amazing. Very centered in God very centered in family. I, I just think that's what makes happiness. Yeah, he's centered I, in himself. He's not looking for others' affirmations and others' applause and other, you know, I just, I've never been that person. And and I, I just, I like me. Listen, if everybody in the room is eating strawberry ice cream and I walk in and they say, do you want some ice cream? And they say it's strawberry. I'm going to say, no, I like chocolate, you know, but thank you. But I, I don't feel I don't feel like I have to eat your strawberry ice cream because that's going to make you happy. It's not going to make me happy, you know, and you have to be able to have some part of you that is yours, that is yours and not feel guilty or bad and just kind of go along to get along. I see that sometimes in groups and ministering to women when I especially when I minister to women. I said, listen, I want you to all understand this one thing. We are all women, that is true, but we are not all alike. We have similarities. We have a lot of things that are alike, but then there's other things that we have to give one another grace and understand that I don't, I don't have to wear the same clothes as you. I don't have to like the same foods as you. I don't have to wear my hair the way you wear your hair for us to appreciate one another. I mean, it's just such a beauty in appreciating differences and understand what makes one happy may not make the other happy. I think that's where relationships fail, not just in husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, but you know, you have someone who assumes that they know what you like, but they've not taken time to get to know you relationally to even ask you what you like. But you know, I, I think- Or what that- makes you happy. That is also true. And I just think that if there was some way that we could impart that concept to younger people, because when you are young, you cannot see the forest for the trees that way. You just think that you have to keep up with everybody else and you do have to wear the latest trends and you do have to, you have to eat that strawberry ice cream because that's what everybody else is doing. And so you don't want to be different. And young people don't see that, but until they grow up, you know, they start to have some, some perspective on things, but it's very difficult to, to sort of impart that wisdom to our younger generation. And so they grow up having this sense of, you know, not belonging anywhere because they've never really been themselves. So they don't like that strawberry ice cream and, you know, but they don't really know how to deviate from what the group think is. So it's hard. Oh yeah. I, you know, I just, I have to say this. Um, I, I find that I, I always, my skin would crawl a little bit when I would go into different places and they would say, well, we're all family. 
um, you know, and you're, you 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 de- you definitely see that everybody there is a stranger. Some have come from the north, south. Some are um, different people groups, different diversity. And I'm like, wait a minute, no, we're not all family. We're we're all we're coworkers. We're associates until we decide to become friends. And then at somewhere along the way, if we stay together long enough, then we begin to function, hopefully like a functional family. But that takes time. You know, it just doesn't happen overnight. And so I totally agree. And not that just the youth, I see older women struggling with their own identities, struggling in who they are. And, you know, it's just, it's very interesting to see. So does that go back to that whole Maslow's hierarchy of maturation in the brain? I mean, somebody help me. (laughs) Well, it probably does. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just think that, you know, if, if we can learn to be happy with ourselves and, and that's first, I mean, that's truly first. And sometimes that takes work, especially at least like you were talking about when you're a teenager, it takes work to be happiness with yourself because you're looking for all that approval from outside where we have to learn to be happy from inside. And, you know, it, it also goes back to the things uh, that Misha was saying earlier about, you know, the, the, the shooter in Buffalo, somebody that was totally unhappy with himself and takes it out on somebody else. There's a lot of that going on, not just in shooting, but in different ways of taking things out on other people. Um, I, I, we, we need to turn a little bit more inwards in the, in finding that peace within ourselves, because when we do, I think that we, we project that to other people and, you know, it's happiness. It, it's something that I think is kind of simple and comes from within but we, we make it so difficult. Like, where is my happiness? Where can I go find it? Well, look inward instead of outward, I think would be the answer. Yes. Totally agree. Somebody You've got to do more introspect. You've got to do more introspect. Spend some time alone with yourself. Well, you know, you have to kind of always, you got to look in the mirror too and say, am I the kind of person that somebody else is going to want to be around? You know, am I the, am I projecting, uh, you know, a persona or an energy that somebody else is going to be attracted to? And, you know, you have to think to yourself, like if you walk around a frown on your face and, you know, you're, you've got negative things to say about everything going on and you're always looking for something negative, you know, you're going to find it. You're definitely going to find it. And other people are going to pick up on that in you. And I don't like being around people like that. I look for people that, you know, you I don't like being around people like that either. And I don't yeah. like them coming around me. And no. when they come around me, I look at them real hard. I, I agree. I agree. My whole thing is, okay. What exactly is it? that? What, what's the angle? I was in a meeting one time that had a, had a real impact on me. And I think we've talked about it before where the speaker uh, said, you know, what if you were put yourself in the shoes of your spouse and what if now you're your spouse and, and you are coming home to yourself? How, how would that 
feel to you? Would you like you if, if, if you were your spouse, you know, if you reversed it, right. And how would you like coming home to you? You know, what's your attitude when you come home from work? How do you walk in the house? How do you greet your spouse? And, and kind of think how your spouse sees that from their perspective. You could take that to any degree that you want. How would a friend see you when you approach them? How would a coworker or an or employer see you when you approach them? And it's, it's always that one little thing in that meeting that happened probably 40 years ago is something that I never forgot because I do think about when I walk into the house to greet my husband how it would be being greeted by me, you know, is it a happy yes. face? Is it a mad face? Is it something I'm unhappy about? I, I, I just think those simple things in life can make all of us a little bit better and a little bit less stressed and a little bit happier. Yeah, I totally agree. I it's, totally agree with that. Now, the smiles I've had to, had to learn to deal with a little bit more here being back in the States um, you know, with the majority of the places that I work, we don't do a whole lot of smiling. We're a lot of A-type personality people. I'm thinking all the time. Um, but uh, my grandmother used to say, the bigger the smile, the sharper the knife. So be careful. <laughs> so I keep that in the back of my mind. But I tell you, you would just be amazed at what would happen if you, I think that years ago, they used to say, lean in. But if you if you decide to just just be relational, get to know someone rather than go and talk about that person to other people. Well, she never smiles. She never speaks to me. She never this. Well, do you smile? Do you speak to her? Do you go and do you put forth an effort to have a conversation with her? That goes back to that whole maturity that you were talking about, Alicia, and the whole, you know, be to someone what you would wish that they would be to you. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 